Today, you can be at home in the fellowship of your Heavenly Father who loves you so much as you learn the secret of the easy yoke of Jesus. How to effortlessly, without great straining and having to try so hard, do what Jesus would do if he was you by arranging your ordinary everyday life around those activities that Jesus practiced to be always at home with his Heavenly Father and receiving power for life. We have been looking at some of the practices on the abstinence side of the scale, like solitude, where we abstain from interactions with others, silence, where we abstain from noise and talking and so. And today, we're going to look at one that I had never really thought of as a practice until I came across it in Dallas Willard's book, Spirit of the Disciplines, and it's called chastity. Now, you might wonder about that. And um, often people think that religion, Christianity, God is kind of anti-sex or uh, uh, anti-bodily pleasure or so. So as we get into this one, it's real important to remember sex was actually God's idea. The rabbis in ancient Israel would often talk about the fact that, as you might know, they would list, I think, 612 commands in the Torah, in the Old Testament. The very first one was, be fruitful and multiply. And the only way to do that, of course, is to have sex. And if they're going to fill the whole earth with human beings, it's to have lots and lots of sex. That is the very first command, have lots and lots of sex. And so the rabbis thought that was quite extraordinary, and they celebrate that quite a lot. But, of course, sexuality, precisely because it is so explosively central and core to who we are can also be a, a tremendous problem and can become an obsession. Uh, quite recently, as I'm recording this, there was a actress in her 80s who just passed away named Raquel Welsh. And if you saw any of those stories about her, the single phrase that was most associated with her was sex symbol. It's such an interesting phrase, sex symbol. And there will be certain kind of people that have a certain kind of appearance that are thought to be um, associated with or particularly attractive sexually. One of the kind of clickbait ideas online often will be, um, we'll show you maybe movie stars when they looked really young and healthy and sexy and now see what they look like today. And if today they look old, wrinkled, flabby, fat, then it's thought, what a tragic, what a sad thing it is not to be sexy. So if you have no issues, no struggles one way or another with sexuality at all, you can turn this off. Now nah, you're still here. I thought you might be. Here we go. What is this practice? Uh, in naming a discipline that deals specifically with the sexual drive, we lack appropriate terminology. So Dallas writes, I shall use the term chastity. Although it, like simplicity, properly refers to the result of a discipline under grace rather than to the disciplinary activities themselves. In exercising the spiritual discipline of chastity, we purposefully turn away from dwelling upon or engaging in the sexual dimension of our relationships to others, even our husbands or our wives. And you might think, well, this sounds even worse than fasting or frugality. So just hang on. Sexuality is one of the most powerful, subtle forces in human nature. And the percentage of human suffering tied directly to it is horrifying. The human abuse stemming from sex, both outside and within marriage, makes it imperative that we learn how to 
possess our vessel in sanctification and honor, Paul wrote to the church at Thessalonica. An essential part of this learning consists in the practice of abstaining from sex and from indulging in sexual feelings and thoughts and thus learning how not to be governed or enslaved by them and sexual addictions, uh, the rampant presence of pornography in our world, uh, the rampant presence of molestation and sexual abuse are uh, epidemic and tragic in our world. So we want to be freed from that. And that's what this discipline is about. Abstention within marriage by mutual agreement was counseled by Paul as an aid to fasting and prayer. Contrary to much modern thought, it is absolutely vital to the health of any marriage that sexual gratification not be placed at the center of the marriage. And it is kind of a striking thing. Often you might look at two people, two movie stars who look beautiful, glamorous, sexy, and think, oh man, they could be married to each other and have sex with each other anytime they want to. Their marriage will always be great, just a pleasure palace forever and ever. And of course, we always tend to be surprised that it is not so. But we ought to know. Voluntary abstention helps us appreciate and love our mates as whole persons, of which their sexuality is but one part. And it confirms in us the practice of being very close to people without sexual entanglements. Sexuality cannot be allowed to permeate our lives if we are to live as children of God and brothers and sisters of Jesus. Now, that doesn't mean that our sexuality is something that we are to shun. We wouldn't be able to do that even if we wanted to. You may have grown up in a family where sex didn't get talked about or where it was thought about as something that was bad. My dad grew up in a Swedish family where the only sex education he got from his parents was when he was going off to college. And his mom said to him, be careful, John, there are bad girls at college. My dad wondered where they were and how he could find them. That was not a helpful way to be brought up. Um, we need to learn how do we appreciate and value our sexuality, our whole body, and not be governed by it. So how do we go about doing that? Well, a couple of things that this discipline is not. Number one, it is not simply the repression of sexual awareness and desire. The strategy of repression and trying to push it away and manage it by white-knuckling willpower does not work. In Jesus' days, there were rabbis who, in order to avoid any kind of sexual misbehavior, made a commitment that they would never be around a woman, they would never talk at a woman, they would never look at a woman. Um, if they saw a woman out of the corner of their eyes, they would actually close their eyes. And I'm not making this up. They were called the bruised and bleeding rabbis because they would walk off of curbs and into trees and buildings because they had their eyes closed to prevent them from looking at a woman. But the strategy of just white knuckling repression, not trying to look, is not an effective way of doing that. Um, especially if you deal with this at the level of an obsession or an addiction or so on. Just thinking I'm going to deprive myself of that pleasure I want so much will never work. So what do we do? One of the things that Dallas Willard would talk about in terms of spiritual maturity is one of the signs of it are the thoughts that no longer occur to us. If somebody gets into AA, for example, uh, early on, they're just obsessed with that thought of alcohol. But as they enter into another kind of life of surrender and of service to other people and of being led by God, 
those thoughts simply no longer grip them anymore. So they don't have to go through life trying really hard to not drink. And it's the same thing when it comes to sexuality. If that's a central place in my life where I'm just driven by it, then the thought of not having that and just having empty, desperate craving all the time sounds terrible. So I must begin by developing a vision for myself as a person who is no longer enslaved by that and thinking that is who I want to be. And I've done things like just simply writing down as I think about my marriage and my wife and my children, what kind of a man do I want for them to look on when they look at me? And then I realized, yep, that's what I really want to be. I want my mind to be filled with more interesting, joyful, uh, healthful thoughts. And just that craving to scratch an itch that will never be satisfied. Another part of uh, this practice comes from the book of Job, where Job says at one point, I have made a covenant with my eyes not to look on a woman. And the idea is that I make a decision that I'll no longer try to get that gratification that comes from a little bounce of sexual gratification by the long kind of look. I can't eliminate sexual desire, and I should not. I will always be aware of the fact that there is an attractive person here. But I can make the decision to say that that um, indulgence of looking at something in order to get that little dopamine surge is something that I'm making a commitment not to do. And I can actually exercise that muscle. So... If I drive regularly on a freeway and there's a billboard there and there's an image on that billboard that I know would give me some sexual gratification, I can actually make a commitment. I am going to decide not to look at that billboard and I will think other thoughts. I will think about God, ask him to be with me, think about the man that I want to be. And it's like doing a tiny little uh, exercise to strengthen that muscle within me. Or... Uh, if I'm on, at a gym and I'm working out and I see out of the corner of my eye uh, the sight of another person who's working out and they look very attractive and they're dressed in a way that would give me that gratification, I can make the decision to say, I will not look there. I will focus my eyes on God to ask him to help me to become that kind of person. To practice chastity does not mean that we stay away from those people that would be attracted to. It means that we learn to see them and love them as whole people who also have a father and a mother and are not an object for me to use for the gratification of an appetite. To look at them the way that I would look at my own child and love them. To look at them the way that I would look at my brother or sister. That's the idea for our community. Not for people to live in isolation, but for men and women to live together in deep friendship and joy and honoring of the worth of one another. That's the vision. To practice chastity, then, Dallas writes, uh, we must first practice love. Practice seeking the good of those of the opposite sex that we come in contact with at home, work, school, church, or next door, or the same sex if attraction runs that way. Then we will be free to practice the discipline of chastity as appropriate and to gain only positive results from it. And if you don't need that one, we'll have another one tomorrow. Welcome home. Hey, I'm Tim. Thanks for joining us here at Become New. We hope that these videos help you to grow spiritually one day at a time. 
If you want to access our whole library of videos, or if you want to subscribe to the daily emails or text messages that go along with each video, head on over to becomenew.com and you can let us know there. We're also preparing some exclusive leadership content. So if you're interested in that, you can let us know at becomenew.com slash leadership. And lastly, if you've got a prayer request, we would love to pray for you. You can let us know by texting it to 855-888-0444. See you next time.